0: Oh,
1: yeah. Bet online. It's bet online and bet online baby. Uh, I love bet online. I'm not much of a sports gambler, but man, there's something really exciting, especially this time of year with March Madness and things wrapping up. But, you know, mostly for the fights when it comes to UFC boxing, that kind of stuff. It's just so awesome to have that available for you and to get the odds and stuff to understand what's coming before the fight even arrives. BetOnline is definitely the only place on the internet you need to go when it comes to sports and sports information and sports betting, okay? Not to mention, they have all of your favorite casino games right there, 24 hours a day. Uh, Multi-hand blackjack, poker, roulette, all of it. It's all right there. BetOnline.ag, one of the sponsors I'm most proud of. They work very hard to make sure that Mikey Likes You comes your way, so if you have anything in your brain, that leads you to want to be interested in sports, you have to go to betonline.ag. Do it for me, my friends. Hey, fellas. I don't like the idea of you having to suffer through performance problems in the bedroom. It's very natural. Happens to most men. And when that does happen, why should you be exposed to even more embarrassment Or suffering and the awkward problems of having to go to the pharmacy and the doctor's office and talk about this whole thing. No, 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 no. Get some Blue Chew in your life. Blue Chew is an amazing service, okay? A unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it's at a fraction of the cost. And the best part to me, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. So, if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for Mikey Likes You listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code M-I-K-E-Y. That's Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank you so much, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Listen here. If you're dieting, if you're watching what you eat, eventually your sweet tooth is going to come to get you. Cravings will creep their ugly head and rear them, and you will be in a bad way. So... Be prepared. Get yourself some Magic Spoon. It's what I do. I get it for my daughter. I get it for me. I get it for my wife. Everybody loves it because there's amazing flavors. And you're talking about 140 calories per serving with no grains and 13 or 14 grams of protein. It's a really, really tasty treat. It's a guilt-free trip back to being a child and having those sugary, totally decadent cereals, yet there's no guilt of all the decadence because it's not in there. Just the taste is there. It's a it's an amazing combination. All the taste, none of the problems. Like I said, 140 calories, 13, 14 grams of protein, and real quality ingredients. Magic Spoon is in fact magic. Okay. And I got a deal for you, my Mikey likes you listeners. Go to magicspoon.com/slash Mikey, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout, save $5 off your order. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, it is the Mikey Likes You podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Mikey. Let's get right into it. It's one of them Q&As. You guys have provided the cues on my Instagram at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You 1, the number one. And I'm going to get right to it. Let's go. Grogu, daddy. <laughs> Who is your favorite guest from love line? Uh, God, it's hard to nail him down. Nick Swartzen, always the best. Um, insane clown posse for sure. Uh, there's gotta be more. Um, Barack Obama. Just kidding. Um, Let's see here. Are you still a fan of the solitude from all the noise and other neighbors? Have you guys thought about buying some property yet? I think he's referring to Ryan Bitt. I think he's referring to moving to a farm in Texas. Uh, I did buy this property. We bought this. We own this. And yes, I am still a fan, a huge fan of the solitude. I do miss, you know, moving from Venice Beach, which is just constant chaos and being very kind of cramped in with everyone. Um, you, you, it's, it's a glaring difference living on a big farm where you're a mile away from your closest neighbor, but I, I do love it. It, it does feel very appropriate to kind of like developing serenity. Um, M Underwood, what are your thoughts on the movement to reject diet culture and the recent implementation of mandatory calorie labeling in the UK? They're throwing around terms such as the body is not a food calculator. I understand there are many factors to healthy eating, but to me, advising overweight people to ignore the calorie content in the food they eat to try and empower them is dangerous and counterproductive. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm not familiar with any of this story. Um, I don't live in the UK, but, uh, Look, I think they're constantly all facets of society, clothing, um, you know, kind of the body positive media movement. And then now uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, but now this, you know, where they're trying to alter the labels of food. There's a reason There, there's a much deeper reason why people struggle with eating and with weight. And it's much bigger than just calories in, calories out. It's deep psychological trouble and impact. And people's connection to food can be quite toxic and dangerous. And I'm deeply sympathetic to that. That being said, I don't think that the appropriate or healthy way to combat that is to try to manipulate the narrative to make it seem like it's okay to just live your life that way. Um, I'm a, I'm a big, big, big believer and a big supporter of the idea of body positivity. And even if someone is 500 pounds overweight, I want them to be able to recognize that this is not a measure. The measure on the scale is not the measure of your character. And that you should feel comfortable in who you are. And feel Empowered to be in love with yourself. That being said, I am not a fan of the idea of then changing the idea of what it means to be healthy. Because I think I could get many, many people who are struggling with weight to be very upfront with the fact that it does absolutely detract from their quality of life. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, now that's not to say that it isn't a problem that goes much higher than, than just willpower. And I think that that's where I, I have a real problem with people who are in the media, typically rallying against the idea of body positivity. They, they create this idea that, and I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about the person, you know, every one of us has, has been at a point where they have the extra 10 pounds to lose or the extra 20 pounds, you know, that's normal. Life is stressful. And you get to the point where you just you can't you're not going to be able to control everything in your life that you want to control. You have to prioritize. We've all gotten to that point where it's like you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, all right, okay, I got to tighten it up. I'm talking about the people who are significantly overweight. This isn't just hey, I, I let myself go the last couple. This is a, a deeper psychological issue, and it it goes it it supersedes will willpower and discipline greatly. Much like alcoholism and, and drug addiction, but I, I don't like the idea that we should just then change the standards for what it is to be healthy and happy. Because, like I said, I, I would think that most people who are profoundly overweight would agree that they're not healthy or happy. Um, but then shaming them further isn't isn't a good idea either, because believe me, they're already probably ashamed, and it's it's uh, deeply sad when people try to throw fuel on that fire. But um, to sum it all up, I, I don't think it's a good idea to get away from the idea, the the importance of of understanding how much you're eating and calories and content, and stuff like that. It, you're kind of, it's self-defeating. Beth Belt, I've lost 50 pounds doing the keto diet. Nice. Since May, 2021. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the keto diet? Um I've talked about it before but my look my thoughts on the keto diet are it's if it works for you it's great. But the keto diet or intermittent fasting or plant-based or paleo any of these things or carnivore they're just tools. They're just tools. They are not magic and they're not the diet in and of themselves. Keto is really really good at getting people to eat less. And that's why it's successful. Now, the, the cognitive benefits that come along with people um, engaging in ketosis when their body starts to develop ketone bodies, that is kind of exclusive to ke- ketone development, whether it be through exogenous ketone intake or fasting or, or ketogenic diets. But as far as the actual weight loss, you didn't lose the weight because you did keto. You lost the weight because keto got you to eat less. So those are my feelings on it. And if you're someone who really enjoys higher fat, foods, and it makes it easier for you to control your eating, then I think the keto diet is great. I do not think the keto diet is magic, and it is not any better than any other diet that gets you to regulate what you're eating. Um, Rich Daniels. Favorite cheat meals? Mexican, like really good authentic Mexican food. I could crush. Uh, Italian, you know, pizza, pasta, that kind of stuff. You're starchy Italian food and, um, donuts for sure. Uh, are you going to have any more children from C 22? No, I always would have liked to, but I'm 43 now. My wife just turned 45 and, uh, we're not, you know, if we were 10 years younger, sure. Um, and it's not, there's no kind of contrived idea behind it. I don't have any feelings on, you know, yay or nay when it comes to my daughter being an only child. It just, when she was born in 2014, it'll be her birthday in a couple of days. Um, everything worked out with my wife and her career. And, you know, she's an actor. So she, uh, and this is another thing that like, <laughs> I think women carry the burden on this one. Um pretty greatly and it gets overlooked, but like, if I want to have another kid, I just blow a load. (laughs) As long as I'm, you know, financially and emotionally set up to do it, it's like, hey, let's do it. Let's go. My wife has to engage within, uh, with a year of emotional turmoil, hormonal problems, and of course, gaining lots of weight. So we had to really pick and choose when Bianca knew that she was going to be able to get the weight on have the baby and then get the weight off to be able to act again. And a couple years went by next, thing you know, five years went by. And then we were both looking at each other was like, you know, let's start, let's start exploring adoption. And uh, we, we've definitely seriously talked about adoption, but uh, as far as like having another kid biologically um, it's just, it's not in the cards for us and we're perfectly happy with it. Um, and our daughter, we're lucky that our daughter is really happy She's fine. She, of course she would love a brother or a sister, but, um, she's many times told us she's like, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm a loner. <laughs> I enjoy playing by myself and I love all the attention. So, uh, Carlos Lopez. <laughs> Let us know how that Texas life has treated you guys. Pros and cons, please. Um, I love Texas. I love living here. My family loves it. Um, pros. People are much nicer by and large. Of course, in a state as big as Texas, there's assholes, but by and large, day in and day out, the people we meet they're um, they're nicer. And that's not to say that people in Los Angeles or in an urban setting in general are meaner. What it, it I think that when you're inundated, when you're awash in a sea of people, you naturally put up barriers because you're just you're, there's just so many people around all the time, and you wouldn't be able to get through your day being very open to the idea of engaging and having conversations and getting to know everyone that you come across. Um, So people are less personable. It's very rare that I would have like strike up conversations with strangers. And, you know, in my time living in New York city or San Francisco and of course living the majority of my life in, in the Los Angeles area, I, I, you just don't do that. Sure. You might say hi to the person at the Starbucks and be like, Oh, hi ma'am. But, Day in and day out, you don't have conversation. Every single day here in Texas, especially I'm out kind of in the sticks. Um, I, I just talk with people. I I'll go to the gas station and you know, lady will be like, how's your day today, son? I'm like, I'm doing okay. How are you? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. What's your name? You know, and like, that's just common. People are very, very affable. People are very nice here. So that's a huge plus. Um, another plus is... Uh, I have a lot of land and I, I live a life that is just immersed in nature. I mean, I, I constantly, and all, by the way, all the ups and downs that come with dealing with nature. I own animals, numerous animals now, and I have to tend to a farm. And it's so amazing to, you know, feed the chickens and get them back in the chicken coop at night and, um, you know, make sure that their coop is clean and get them their water and the guinea fowl and make sure that I corral them up and get them going and everything and and uh, take the dogs out and mow the lawn and and tend to the all the you know the haystacks and things. It's awesome. It's amazing. And there's deer running about my land all the time and, and lizards and big old snakes and and it's great. And for my daughter, it's been amazing. We go on hikes on my fucking land. It's it's crazy, but Nature is a double-edged sword. Um, My dog Harry, who's only you know about eight to ten pound dog, he got fucking mauled by coyotes, and uh, it's like I I might—he's fine, he's recovering. I'm gonna have take him. I took him to get the drain taken out of his neck wound um, yesterday, and I'm taking him to get his stitches out tomorrow. He's recovering, and he's a champ. But uh, the sound of him out in like the woods on our land make being attacked is like the things of my nightmares. I'll never forget. It was horrible. He was the way he was like, and the sound of the animals that were attacking, Uh, you know, so that's, shit's horrible. And, and, you know, I've come out to see, you know, a Guinea fowl has been, you know, it was just woke up and it was dead. and We had to bury a chicken too that died. And then when I took, and then I buried the Guinea fowl that had passed away. It was such a beautiful animal, and I went back a couple of days later. My daughter made a custom-made little headstone out of wood, and she wrote on it, you know, you were a great friend and may, you know, live in heaven forever. And I go back to the graveyard the other day, the little makeshift graveyard that we had, and the fucking hole was dug out by probably coyotes, and they fucking took its carcass. So nature's nature's gnarly, but at the same time, it's also it's so gratifying to be a part of that. So those are the huge pluses. The cons, um, no Lakers, no Dodgers, that that's been hard. Um, but also, uh, you know, I, I really took for granted that, um, it's Saturday. My daughter doesn't have anything to do. And it's like, Hey, let's just go to a world-class restaurant. Let's pop over to the Norton Simon museum or, or LACMA, you know, the access, really close, tenuous access, uh, access to, excuse me, really close, kind of attainable access to culture, was amazing. And Texas, especially the Austin area, has amazing culture. But I'm out in the sticks. Like I said, I'm I'm way far away from even my closest. I could scream my head off for someone to come help, and no one's gonna hear me. I'm out in the sticks. Um, and although I can have immediate access to fishing and hunting and that's great, if I wanted to go find a, a work of art or, or, um, a, a Michelin rated restaurant, it would, it would be, I would have to go on a day trip. Um, so that, that's kind of a downside. Um, but that's about it because, um, maybe if I lived somewhere else, uh, I would feel a longing for like different ethnic cultures, but dude, Texas, very chock full of, uh, you know, Mexican culture, obviously, um, uh, tremendous, tremendous, uh, huge, like I, I was not expecting this, but there's a, there's like a really huge burgeoning, um, East Asian culture, you know, like a lot of Indian Sri Lankan and, and insane Indian food. And lots of, I've been to a couple of Thai places and there's great, like, growing korean uh culture out here um so that i don't miss i i thought i was gonna like the diverse diversity uh that i grew up with that i became very fond of i thought i was gonna miss that um and i i turns out i don't have to it's it's awesome here i will say i i would kill for some good jewish food like there's not a big stronghold of uh, Jewish culture out here and not a lot of great delis and stuff. And I, I do miss that. I love going to like, like an amazing deli and uh Jewish food and stuff like that. So that's about it though. I mean, overall it's been amazing and I'm happy we made this move. Um, let's see here on days. I don't work out. Should I still eat the same calories or eat less maintenance calories are 2,600. My cutting calories are 2,100 from Juni Riffick. That is a great question. Juni Riffick. Typically, I do like to see people not considerably cut back. I wouldn't go from 2,600 to 2,100 on non-training days. But I do think that uh, I'm a big believer in um, earning your carbs. I think your carbs should be commensurate to your amount of activity. Um, and that's why I don't necessarily like ketogenic diets for a lot of like really active people who are training hard. Um, because if you train hard, have carbs. Um, but if you're not training, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to have as many carbs in a day. So therefore, if you're taking out 70 to hundred carbs, of course, there's going to come with that, the calorie content of those carbohydrates. So yeah, it, it might be a good idea to shave 200, 300 calories off of your daily intake. Um, on the days that you don't train. Some people will just cut those carbs out and leave everything else the same, leaving a good deficit, you know, a a 300, 400 calorie deficit, whatever it may be. I've actually become a big proponent of, and and I've found, at least personally, I've found, and now this I think is applicable to people who are not struggling with body weight. They don't have a lot of weight loss or body fat to lose. If you're leaner, I will on days that I don't train up my fat content, bring my carbs down and up my fat content. And then on days I train, I'll pull my fat down and then up my carbs more. Um, I think it's reasonable. It makes a lot of sense. I don't necessarily need as much fat, dietary fat, certainly not around my workouts, but on even on days that I train, um, I don't necessarily need as much dietary fat, but I I like some. Um, And then on days I train, I do like a lot of those extra carbs to be able to, to really push myself and get glycolytic and dig deeper, go for bigger weights, more reps, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's my take on it, but I do think it's something to examine. Um, I don't think it's a make it or break it thing though. Um, if it, if it's one of those things that you add in and it's just, everything becomes a little bit more complex than it needs to be. Don't worry about it. Just eat your set calories train, you know? Um, let's see here. Should tracking your calories and macros be a lifetime commitment from Trey Thinks? Also, I noticed on your IG story the other day that you visited the BPN headquarters. How was your visit? Did you get to meet Nick? I will answer your second question first. I did get to go to the BPN headquarters. uh, Thanks to my friend, Matt Vincent, um, who came to visit and stay with me here in Texas. Um, He was friends with Nick, and he took me out there and introduced me to him, and I did get to meet Nick, and what an amazing facility. Great products, too. Great, great Um, overall company. You know, and Nick had his dad there, and he helps run the company, and it's just a really, really appealing, likable, well-run outfit. Um, Now, should tracking your calories and macros be a lifetime commitment? No, by no means. No way. No how. No, 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 no. There's no way to live your life. But I do think it is something that everyone should do, especially if you're just getting into it and you are you feel lost and you don't know what to do. Either you're just getting started in your fitness journey or you've been going at it a while and you've definitely let, let things kind of slip a bit. It's always a great idea to really fine tune exactly how much you're eating and exactly how much you need to eat to make things work for you. If you need to lose body fat, how much of a deficit do you need? What is your basal metabolic rate? Well, how much do you need to eat to just be you? Given your lifestyle, given your amount of training. Also, how much do you then need to add? What is your surplus if you want to bulk up and not get fat? Um, you can't eyeball these things and they can't live as abstracts. You have to really fine tune that and and track it. Now, once that has been done, Once you have got a very comfortable attachment to your level of intake to get whatever your goal may be, then you can just go day by day and make those right food choices. And you know how much you're eating. And you know when you've eaten too much. And you know when you're not necessarily eating enough. But you should do it. Everyone should do it. Until they get to the point that they can successfully and happily live without tracking. But by no means, man tracking should not be a lifelong thing chances are you have the wrong idea about the wonder drug that is nicotine okay but in reality there's nothing wrong with nicotine in fact there's a lot good about nicotine it helps suppress appetite it helps boost metabolism it has great cognitive benefits the problem is is that most of the time the way we get nicotine is gross you know vaping smoking chewing tobacco whatever it is that's where lucy comes in lucy has your back Lucy Capsule Nicotine Pouches and Lozenges and Gum, they're all fantastic. They all taste great. Four or eight milligrams of a nice clinical dose of nicotine where you get all the benefits with none of the downside, okay? Lucy is a great product designed for people who want the benefits of nicotine without the downsides of traditional ways of getting it. So, Mikey Likes You listeners, go to lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey to get 20% off your order, of Lucy nicotine capsule pouches, or any other Lucy products. That's Lucy.co. Use promo code Mikey at checkout. And I have to let you know that this product contains a non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code Mikey. Chances are, oh, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested at least somewhat in weight loss. So before we continue the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom really understands that everyone's weight loss journey is very unique and what works for someone else isn't going to necessarily work for you. So Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at the pace you're comfortable with. So start building better habits for a healthier long-term result that you're looking for. Sign up for a trial at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash B-L-E-A-V believe. That's what I'm talking about. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash B-L-E-A-V, all right? Personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful about your habits. Come on, now's the time. It is N-O-O-M.com slash believe. That's Noom.com slash believe. What is your thoughts on training during a cold or suppressed immune system? Great question from Tim Reynolds, 75. My thoughts are you... I think you should move. I think you should exercise when you're sick, when you're compromised. I do not think you should train. What do I mean by that? There's a big difference. There's There's a massive chasm between... Exercising, physical movement, and training. Training is focused. Training is very deliberate. And training is an acute endeavor to elicit a very acute response. I don't think you should train ever unless you're capable of of being 100%. I don't think you should ever train unless you're capable of training better than you did last time. Training should be a balls-to-the-wall, well-executed, incredibly focused endeavor every single time. And if you are working crazy hours, your girlfriend just dumped you, you're sick, you injured yourself, I don't think you should train. I don't ever want to see people go into the gym... Go to their training facility and train when they cannot make acute, perfect improvements and then, again, elicit that response. Now, if you are sick, if your wife leaves you, if your uh, family member falls ill, you know, something happens that is going to absolutely impact your ability to train, I do think you should still make an effort to move, whether you go into, let's say it's weight training. You're not training, to, but nope, I'm just still going to go in. I'm going to do some mobility, and I'm going to go 50% of my um, perceived training maxes, and I'm just going to go through the movements. I'm just going to get some endorphins going. I'm going to go walk on the treadmill. <coughs> I'm going to go do yoga because that will elicit benefits. I don't think that, and I mean, barring you know, a broken limb or, or a deep sickness, you know, where you have to be hospitalized or you can't even get up because you have the flu so bad, you know, you're puking. Okay. That, but in in general, if you're under the weather, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling super tired or lethargic, the last thing I think people should do is just sit on your ass. I don't think the human body should ever be just like fucking inert unless you're asleep. But awake, an, an awake human body that's capable of moving, I think, should always be moving. I always think that that's going to increase your ability to feel good. It's going to increase your cellular activity. It's going to re, re, increase recovery. Um, you know, but if you can't go ball to the wall, you shouldn't. Okay, so I hope that wasn't too long winded an answer. But I do think, yeah, yes, if you're sick. You shouldn't train fully, but you should still exercise and try to keep your body moving because I just don't think the homo sapiens are ever designed to just fucking flat out lie on your ass. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Shifting gears and drinking beers. Very good name. Hey, Mike, any advice on making meals with a vegetarian partner? I don't have a problem getting enough protein with meat, but... I've been struggling to find good ways to help my girlfriend juice up the diet. She's been trying to fake the fake meat stuff, but it looks like a lot of that is kind of junk. Thanks for keeping us healthy. (coughs) I agree with you. I don't, I'm not someone who's anti-vegan or anti-vegetarian, but I don't like fake meats. There it's a bunch of kind of low grain, low grade grains and stuff that's very difficult to digest. Um, so I don't ever like to see people opt for that. I do think that for a vegetarian, I'm assuming she's lacto-ovo-vegetarian, you know, milk proteins of any sort, like a milk protein isolate, or milk if she can tolerate it, um, and and eggs should be a staple. I mean, should be numerous times a day for her. Both are excellent sources of protein. The amino acid profiles in both are top notch. Screw around with different types of cheeses. Um, you know, look to the cuisines of India, where you know the cow itself is cherished, and they don't eat meat, but they do eat dairy products from the cow. Um, and you know, things like paneer and um, other Indian cooking cheeses are are really excellent. They've they've essentially um, distill them in a way to make them almost like meat in their protein content and their fat content. So look at things like like paneer or Indian Indian grilling cheese. Um, but that's about it. Those are my only pieces of advice because I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm just not that skilled in like the ways of um, the vegetarian. I know that beans are great for a lot of people. Also, beans can fuck people up, you know, legumes in general. But uh, things like... Um, Black beans um, and lentils are great sources of protein, great sources of fiber, but many people have a very hard time uh, tolerating those. So I I would honestly, there's got to be a lot of guys and gals out there who are vegetarians or vegans themselves that can give you much better advice than me. And I will be the first to admit I'm not, maybe not the best, best source of advice for that kind of stuff. Um, Off the top of my head, Mike Mahler, friend of mine is, is a wizard and a, a vegan for a long time and is jacked and super healthy and great hormone profile. And he's just, he's really vibrant and, and he's a good dude too. So, you know, check out anything he has to say. um let's see here. Edwin C680. What do you think about Stryker's new radio job? I'm so happy for Stryker. Um, for those of you, who don't know what i'm talking about striker is a guy who's worked at the world famous k-rock in los angeles a radio station that i used to work for for many years um and he transitioned now over to working at uh alt 98.7 and he's also working with another guy i really like chris booker and they're doing an afternoon show and i like both those guys a lot they've always been super nice to me you no uh they never really had any reason to like all everyone. I was so always so lucky. Everyone was always so cool and supportive to me. And uh striker was always, man, he was always such a nice guy to me and he was always helpful and supportive and he never gave me any ego or territorialism. He was always give me insight and give me help. And he's always like a cool guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to see that he's happy. And uh, so, you know, and Chris Booker too, is a great dude. I really like that guy. MC 31, MC 31, I work out on the streets all day in construction and I'm trying the caloric deficit you talk about, but what is high in protein and low on carbs out here to eat at the fast food restaurants? Anything would be helpful. Thanks. Well, uh, first thing I would say to you, MC 31, MC 31 is be careful because if you work out on the streets all day doing manual labor and construction, you probably burn a considerable, a considerable amount of calories. So don't overestimate what your caloric deficit might be. Um, you know, really kind of gauge and see. Um, if you're losing three pounds a week, it's like, dude, I got to back off. You, you need to eat more. Because it's a very demanding life to work construction day in and day out. Um, I only did it for a very short amount of time and I, I I work the farm now and that's only uh, uh, that's baby shit in comparison to a grown ass man who pays the bills by working construction over years and years and years. I mean, that's a, that's a very demanding thing. Um, And I I don't overlook that. Um, You almost have to consider yourself, especially if you're in, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, California, you know, somewhere where you're doing your your job uh, the majority of the time in, in very hot weather. It's very, very fucking demanding. Um, so I just don't want you to, to think that uh, you have to go hard with the caloric deficit. It's much different than someone who has a desk job. Uh, okay. That being said, I do think it's actually a good idea for someone who is not training or engaging in high-intensity exercise but is draining themselves of calories. Someone working construction, someone um, uh, who is like a waiter or waitress who is is constantly on their feet working in the ER, a nurse, someone who's constantly moving but not necessarily like high heart rates but constantly moving, a higher-fat, lower-carb, Approach is probably very smart because it's a great way to regulate your calories. And you don't necessarily need a lot of carbs because you're going to be in that fat-burning zone when you're drawing from your body, your energy system that is being taxed is the one that is going to be mostly fueled by fat. So uh, you know, this could be a good smart approach for you. Um, and my best advice would be any burger joint, no bun. In and outside top of the list, because you can just get a protein style. You don't even have to take the bun off. they just give it to you right there with the fucking lettuce wrap. So you can get, you know, all occasionally, I don't often do it because I am someone who's uh, monitoring my, my overall intake, but, uh, you know, in a pinch, I will stop by In-N-Out or, uh, like a good burger joint and I will get, you know, a double burger with no ketchup and no bun. So I'm just getting meat and cheese, maybe a little mustard, a little mayo, a little mayo. And uh, it's delicious, you know. There's some pickles on there. I I don't feel like I'm missing much. A lot of protein and and a good serving of red meat. It's a good good setup. Um, I've found a lot of people have success with um, carne asada burritos and things like that. Like a big burrito with no rice. You can just take off the tortilla. Just scoop it out with with a fork. Um, So those are a couple ideas for you. And then also, in this case, I never say like, don't, don't opt for a protein shake in comparison to real food, but for someone like you, it might be a smart move to have a protein shake on hand, you know, cause you don't have to worry about it. And then you don't necessarily have to eat so much at every sitting for your other meals. If you've had, you know, you had a 40 grams of protein shake two hours ago, you don't have to have, you stuff your face at this next sitting for your meal. Uh, how do you control symmetry or do you just stick to a routine and let everything build through those movements? You know, symmetry from Jay Guz, Jay, Jay Guz 1808, um, symmetry is tough. I, I mean, I think in the beginning you just have to lift and lift in a proportionate way as far as like push pull and, and lower body, um, you know, hamstring and, and, and hinge movements to squat movements. Just build strength and kind of make a foundation for yourself. After that, once you start to see, like I, I genetically had very small calves growing up, I genetically had really wide shoulders for someone my height. And then I, yeah, you have to start kind of piecing together. And that that's a that's really a volume issue. Um, I would rather see someone, you know, let's say if you, like your chest is very very flat in comparison to how wide your your delts are. I would rather see someone train ch- chest a little more frequently, like add in a second or third workout during a week for chest instead of adding 10 more sets during one workout. Um, because y- when you're talking about symmetry deficiencies, it is a volume issue. You can't just add extra intensity to your chest or your your lagging body part because you should be training everything with full intensity. So to add more intensity to something else is just going to, you're going to end up, breaking yourself so i would say adding volume adding more um amount of exercises and amount of sets to that lagging body part gradually over time um instead of adding more in just one workout i I do like to see people just train that lagging body part more frequently throughout the week um let's see when is the new pod coming out recording it right now I have a cue for your A. Wondering your take on Liver King. Not so much if you agree with everything he talks about or if he's natty or whatnot. I know you've covered some of that. But as far as diet, do you agree? Recommend all that wild shit he eats. Plus, when or doesn't the issue of gout ever come up? I would imagine all the red meat, especially raw, gout would have to come into play sometime. High-protein diet with red meat? No, not a concern? No, I don't think gout is a concern. He's eating lots of, um, you know, some of it's going to be higher fat content, but things like liver are not. And gout gen- generally is developed from people, you know, they used to call it like the Royals disease because it's from people who eat like a lot of like drawn butter and like a, a lot of like overwhelmingly fat things, but are also not active. Uh, gout is it comes from buildup and things like that. Like Jared Leto got gout trying to gain weight for a role and he was just fucking stuffing his face, um, and not, not moving. So I don't think, um, a red meat is not going to be the culprit there. And the liver King is eating a considerable amount of fruits and things like that too. And you see, he, he's not someone who's skimping, on things and only exclusively eating red meat. He's also, he's eating a lot of organ meat, which is incredibly, incredibly uh, dense with nutrients. And I do agree with eating all the wild shit that he eats. I don't think you need to exclusively have liver and, you know, raw eggs and all that shit. Um, But I don't think that it would be a problem if he did. I just don't, I don't fucking want to eat, raw meat all the time I do I do eat raw meat I eat carpaccio I had uh I had some carpaccio the other day I had some steak tartare the other day I I don't mind eating raw meats but uh, I also don't feel the need to do it (laughs) you know I I cook most everything I eat um and I don't think that you're missing out on any of the nutrients by doing so I I like raw milk um but it's one of those give or take things. I don't think the liver King is crazy and I don't think all the wild shit that he eats, all that kind of crazy stuff, the raw eggs and stuff is is bad or I'm not I don't think he's you know some wild charlatan. I also don't think it's completely necessary. Um, and I don't think gout is an issue, especially for someone as incredibly healthy as he. Had. That guy trains like an animal and he's so fucking lean for how big he is. Um, let's see a couple more here. Oh. Eloquate says, "Do you think you could take Wolfmate in a boxing match?" No, I know I can't. I've boxed Jason. I've fought him in Muay Thai. I I fought Jason in a ring in front of Ellis Mania twice. Um, I can't. He's a much he's a much better boxer than me. He's he's a really skilled boxer, Jason. For 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 a non, I mean, I get he has had professional fights, but. You know what I mean? For someone who doesn't do it for a living, Jason is a very, very good boxer. And he's a much more gifted athlete than me. I mean, there was a time and a place where Jason was in the top three best skateboard, vert skateboarders in the world. So he's just a much better athlete. And he's fucking way bigger and hits way harder than I do. And he's way tougher. (laughs) Um, So, no, no, I can't, I can't beat Jason in a boxing match. That's that's just reality. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Do I have any more good questions? A lot of people saying my tan looks great. and My teeth look great. I, thank you. Well, this is an interesting question from EFielder89. I'm an avid hiker, but longer trips at high elevation can get tough. Any tips on simulating the thinner air while at lower elevations? A lot of those masks that you wear that you train in that, that just look like bane masks have been proven to not work um, the now the, there are ones that do that will deprive you of oxygen but they connect to a tube to a gigantic tank that regulates the amount of air pressure and oxygen. Those are thousands of dollars. I've used one with Nick Kurson at speed of sport. I don't think that's realistic what I do think is realistic is that if you're, if you're really competitive into competing at mountaineering sports in higher elevation is that they make these things that you can sleep in these chambers that you sleep in much kind of lower, thinner air. And that does do whatever it takes with the blood cells and attune you to being able to be more competent at, um, performing yeah. at higher elevations. Um, I don't, I'm i not too much of an expert, but I do know this from talking to, I don't want to name names, but, but really, really well-known, really successful fighters, both boxing and MMA. And um, they have found that living in Southern California, they have been able to go and f- take fights and succeed at, at, at fights in Denver or Mexico City using the these kind of sleeping pods. So, something to look into. I, again, I, this is another one of those things where I want you to go then and do your own research on it because I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I'm I'm the best guy to talk to about it. Um, all right. That was a pretty good sesh. Um, my Patreon. Please, first off, thank you. To those of you who are already patrons, I can't properly express how grateful I am It means the world to me, and it absolutely helps me put this podcast together and makes me less reliant on sponsors, even though I love my sponsors, all of them. There's not a one that I have that I wouldn't honestly promote on my own, and I've really gone out of my way to say that, and to do that, I'm not just promoting anything that comes my way, anyone that's going to offer me a check, but uh, I couldn't do this, continue to do this, and to take the time to put out the stuff because it's, it's just not my main source of income. So to make it worth my while, I wouldn't be able to do it without the the patrons. Thank you to everyone who is on my Patreon, giving me money, especially you top tier ride or die guys and gals. Um, that being said, I do have uh, spots open still for my ride or die patrons. And that means, you know, you get me at the top tier to be your personal trainer on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can do custom programming, nutrition, and training. And then you have access to me and you report back to me on a weekly basis to give me you the accountability of being able to grow. And then as you get leaner, bigger, stronger, whatever it may be, we can alter some things. And as lifestyles come into play. Your work gets crazy or you go on vacation, that's when it, it really does become valuable to be able to have that someone in your corner working with you. And I do have spots available if that's something you're interested in. Also, it's something I do. I work with people all the time, even though I'm perfectly capable of programming myself and creating diet plans and everything. I, I think it's really important to have that kind of mentor figure. And I work with people all the time, year round, I'm constantly Being able, just having that accountability of reporting back to someone who I know knows what he or she is talking about, it gives you, it's such a motivating tool and it is so useful and helpful as far as getting those results. So, if you're interested, look on Patreon for Mike Catherwood. That's me. And I'm happy to help. (laughs) And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do.